0: My message today is entitled, Your Will Be Done. Many people today watch the news, see videos online, read stories and opinion pieces and get upset. It's a lot going on in the world today. And then when they get upset about all the stuff they see and all these culture stuff going on to see... When they see that, they get upset and they start speaking out against injustice. Maybe you've been one of them. But this speaking out of injustice is fueled by this disgust of sinful behavior going on in the world today. Here's my question to you. Is it wrong to speak out against sin? Is that not what John the Baptist did to get people ready for Jesus? Matthew 3, verses 1 and 2. Says this, in those days John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of God, or the kingdom of heaven, is at hand. Verse 3 For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John the Baptist was the messenger sent by God to prepare the way for Jesus. His message was to repent, to turn from their sins and seek the Lord with a pure heart. Verse 4, Now John himself was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. John the Baptist didn't care what he looked like. He wasn't worried about anybody's opinion of himself. He sold out his life for the one who sent him. He lived in the wilderness, completely off the grid. He didn't care if people were put off by how he dressed or how he smelled or how he acted or how he lived. He was not there to please them. He wasn't motivated by the praises of men. He was not a people pleaser. He was a God pleaser. His sole goal was to follow God's will to prepare the way for Jesus. Verse 5 and 6, Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region around Jordan went out to John and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. So as John preached repentance from the searing truth of God without compromise, And according to his will, many people came down to the Jordan River and confessed their transgressions openly and were baptized for the remission of their sins. Indeed, John was preparing the way for the Lord. And when John faced opposition from sinful religious leaders, he didn't shy away from responding directly to them. Verse 7. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, brood of vipers, who warned you from the flea to flee the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. His message didn't change. Every one of us sins. His message was to repent. John calls out these prideful religious leaders as a brood of vipers serpents. He didn't hold back. He wasn't afraid of their perceived power. He wasn't looking for their allegiance or their approval. He was looking for their repentance. If they were truly seeking God as a religious leader, if you're truly seeking God, then you need to repent. Indeed, John was disgusted by their sinful pride and their religious ignorance. He called them out publicly. So is this justification for Christians today to see disgust in the news and in the headlines and in society and begin speaking out against injustice? Before you answer that question, there's something else you need to consider about this comparison between John the Baptist and the Christian rage of today. A major difference is in each of their starting points, or more specifically, Their source for propulsion. Why do they, what pushes them forward to do that? Because your starting point determines your intensity and your focus and your goal. Which means if your focus is off, then you will not be ready when God interrupts your personal goal in order to follow His will instead. John's beginning point was a calling from God, he stood on the word quoting the prophet Isaiah that prophesied about him. He started up here from God above. And then he brought his message to those around him on the earth to bring them back up to God above. He told all of them to repent, to confess their sins, and to be humbled, and to prepare their hearts for the Lord. Yes, he did call out sin, But his goal was not judgment. His goal was repentance and changed lives and changed purposes and putting people in a place to receive the Lord in all His fullness. He didn't talk about issues or specific sins. That was not his focus. He chose to make God's Word his what. Next, he gave the how how repent that's how you get out of what you're doing right now repent and then he gave the who the lord that's your answer and then finally he gave the why why because the kingdom of god the kingdom of heaven is at hand now is the time to change now is the time to repent now is the time to come back to the lord in other words It's the time to change and seek God with all your heart. As John prepared them for someone who was far greater to complete the change in each of them, he was laser focused on the proper what and who and how and why. But he was also ready. He was ready for when the Lord came on the scene. He didn't just continue to draw people to himself and his teaching and his baptisms. He knew his goal was to lead people to Christ and then let Christ take it from there. Sometimes we get into arguments we want to tell people how wrong they are instead of saying, here's the truth, here's the answer, Jesus. If we're so focused on us being right, we're not ready to turn them over to God. John the Baptist called out sin, but he always pointed people to Jesus every time. Because his belief was repentance is a changed life. And so when Jesus was coming, He was getting ready to turn them over to Him. John 3, verse 30. John the Baptist said this, He, Jesus, must increase and I must decrease. You see, when you're so focused on your message, we start to think that we have to prove someone that they're wrong. Instead of saying, I'm going to bring you truth, And I'm going to tell you who's going to complete the process. It's Jesus. That's the mission that when God calls you to share to people, when He calls you to share to prepare people for the Lord, Jesus must increase and take center stage. And we must decrease. You see, when you don't realize your mission is to decrease, then you use your anger and your judgment and your words to criticize others in arguments and debates and idle talk. This happens when you think that you have the power to change someone. If you're married or were married, how many of you have been able to change your spouse? (laughs) How many of you tried? Right? We do, but only the Holy Spirit can change someone's life. Right? Only the Holy Spirit can. They have to be willing to do that. Only God can change someone's heart. Only the Holy Spirit can bring a a life-changing conviction. Only God's Word can renew someone's mind to begin hungering for the truth. Our job is to speak truth by preparing the way for the Lord in someone else's life. That's what John the Baptist said. If his sole goal was to punish and condemn and chastise and slander others through arguments and debates and issues, he would not have fulfilled his prophetic call on his life. He wouldn't have done any preparation for Jesus. You see, when we become more focused on the sin instead of the sinner, we are propelled by offense and by rage and by disgust, which leads many people to speak poorly of others, to slander them, to talk behind their back, and to continue to be motivated by anger. That's starting from with something up here and fighting here, rather than starting from God and, and, and bring it to them. But when we consider the sinner first, we are focused on repentance, not on us being right. We're focused on repentance. We're focused on restoration, on forgiveness of sins, so that God can get other glory. I'm so glad that when I was living in a life of sin, that someone didn't just continually batter me and shame me and tell me how horrible I was. I'm so glad that someone prayed for me and saw what God had created There's something good in there so that I could receive forgiveness and I could be restored and I could be redeemed. We must remember how Jesus responded when he approached Jerusalem on his triumphal entry. A lot of people get this wrong. Many people say that when Jesus came into Jerusalem that He was motivated by a righteous anger as He gave His woes to the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. But if you read it in context, you'll see it wasn't anger at all that was His source of propulsion. Luke 19:41 and 42. Now as Jesus drew near, He saw the city and He wept over it if you had known even you, especially in this your day, the things that would make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. Jesus saw their ignorance, their pride, their sin, and ultimately their rejection of Him. His source of propulsion was not anger and disgust. It was grief. They missed it. He's coming to die for them, and they're missing it. It broke his heart that the very people he came to save were rejecting him and about to kill him. Jesus wept over the city of Jerusalem. He wept over sinners who couldn't see this truth. He wept over those living in sin and refused to receive truth when it walked right past them if we are going to be like jesus and follow after him then this should be our response as well if it breaks god's heart then it should break our heart too not just propel us to speak out in anger and judgment when we consider the sinner first the ones who are blinded by sin we should be reminded of ourselves For once we too were lost, but then Jesus found us and forgave us and is in the process right now of restoring us. And I'm not all the way there. I still mess up. I sin. I blow it. But God hasn't given up on me. God has not judged me and condemned me. God is still working on me to make me become more like Jesus. And it's the same thing He does for all of you. That process is called sanctification. God's making us more like Him. It's one of the greatest miracles that happens today. A major part in sanctifying us to become more like Jesus is teaching us to lead with the proper what in our conversations and the proper how and the proper who and the proper why. We can't be continually tripped up by making each specific issue the what. We have to keep the right focus. And the only way that we can do this is by having the right starting point with the right end goal in mind. We start from God to prepare people for God so that God becomes their destination. It's not about us being right. It's all about God. And when people are not willing to turn to God, and we know that many will not turn to God, But when they're not willing to turn to God, our goal is not to get into arguments and debates. Our goal is to speak truth and lead with compassion for those who are open to Jesus speaking into their lives. Remember, we are called to speak repentance leading to restoration, not judgment leading to condemnation. 2 Corinthians 5.18 Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to Himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Jesus has called us to reconcile. We certainly should be confronting sin and things that go against the Word and the will of God. But our end goal is not condemnation. It's reconciliation. We are to speak truth, but to focus on the answer, not on the problem. John fourteen six. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is our answer. Our goal has to be to focus on him. He is the way to heaven. He is the truth that we share. And He is the life that we seek to make our focus in everything that we do. Our focus is life, not condemnation. The enemy is trying to pull you into the thought to think that your whole goal is to condemn someone who is different than you or to judge someone. We judge sin. We don't judge people. We judge sin. Our goal is repentance leading to restoration. Not judgment leading to condemnation. Our focus is Jesus. And if Jesus is our focus, then we must know and understand His will in the earth today. When Jesus taught His disciples how to pray, not what to say, but how to pray, He provided a pattern for our beginning source and our focus in all we do. Notice His beginning source. Matthew 6, verse 9. In this manner. What's that mean? It means I'm going to tell you how to pray. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Our starting point, and when we're understanding how to pray, our starting point is God, our Father, up here, who is perfect, who is truth, who is power, who is love. He deeply cares about all of His children in the earth who art in heaven. We don't start on the earth and get upset and then go to God. We start with God. If we start on the earth, we get offended with what's going on on the earth. But what we need God says, this is where I want you to start with me up here. To remember that if you came here, that's always our end goal. Jesus tells us to look above to God who is in heaven and is above all things. All the petty nonsense that goes on down here. God's above all that. Why? Because He's created all things. And He has dominion and authority over all things. God our Father, who is in heaven, has to be our starting source. This is where our focus has to begin. It has to continue to be maintained. And it has to end with pleasing our Father in heaven. You see, it's not done when you win in an argument. It's done when we point it all back to God. And lives are changed pointing back to Jesus. Psalm 121, verses 1 and 2. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. That's our focus. That is our pull upward. That's our driving force. Our Father in heaven, because that is where Jesus is leading us. And if our focus is heavenward, then our goal will be in sharing the gospel of redemption. Not merely the proclamation of judgment and condemnation. We must keep our focus on the Lord and His mission in the earth. Anybody besides me have loved ones that still don't know Jesus yet? We still have work to do. We can't afford to get off kilter and pursue judgment greater than repentance and restoration. We must remember whose authority that we've been given and whose message that we have been commanded to share. Because every time that we focus more on our what instead of God's what, we pursue judgment more than repentance. And then we stall the sanctification process. God's trying to make you become more like Him. If you're serious about truly wanting to become more like Jesus, then your goal must be to have an unoffendable heart. How are you doing on that? Does anyone out here have an unoffendable heart that they're never offended no matter what happens to you? Because that's where Jesus was. Even when they tried to kill Him, He said, Father, forgive them. How do you answer to that? If I want to become more like Jesus, that has to be my goal. God, give me an unoffendable heart. In other words, everyone needs to repent. Because everyone is a sinner, as the Bible declares. And Jesus is the answer for everyone. So how is it beneficial then to get stuck in debates and in anger? We have been given authority from heaven to speak about Jesus and his message. Matthew 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, This was right before he resurrected, right before he went up into heaven, after he resurrected. Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. The Lord has authority in heaven and on earth. And thus He sends us forth to share His message with His authority from heaven. Verse 19, Go therefore. He's sending all of us out with that authority and with that focus. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Understand that His message is to go and make disciples. Not to go and administer justice and punishment punishment with an iron fist and with terse words. God will take care of those things. He says so in His Word. But Jesus has asked us to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them into His name and His will. Verse 20, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of this age. Amen. We are to teach them everything that He has taught us. But we must understand something here. Jesus began His ministry in the earth by saying, Repent. What was His first words after He came out of the desert? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. His message of repentance is one of the things that He has commanded us to do and to share. But the first word in this verse is teach. We have to teach others how to observe all the things that he's commanded us to do. You see, we can't just get into arguments and debates and slander others who are not observing the things that Jesus commanded us to do. We have to teach them. I've been a lifelong teacher. It's not easy teaching people. What does that mean? It means that you have to get involved in the lives of others. We don't just sit in the church or sit in our prayer circles and judge people who are on the outside. We get involved in their lives. We get involved in the lives of people who are different than we are. We have to listen to them. We have to understand where they're coming from without writing them off as being unreachable because they're different than we are. I'm so glad people didn't cast me out because I was very different from Christians when I was growing up. We have to listen to their questions before we share our answer. We have to be quick to judge sin but refrain from judging a wayward soul who has not been taught the commands of Jesus in a way that makes sense to them. The bottom line is that you cannot teach anyone unless they know that you care about them first. A true, a true Christian is called to care for the souls of the unreached so that Jesus can forgive them and redeem them and point them to eternal life with Him. That is the heart of our Father in heaven. If we put too much weight on the wrong what or the specific sin, people will tune us out before they understand the who or the how or the why. Matthew 6, 9. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name hallowed be your name means praised be your name. The name above every name. That's how we begin. By focusing on God first. For He is the truth. And He is the light. And He is our all in all. Philippians 2 verse 9. says, Therefore God has highly exalted Him, Jesus, and has given Him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. And of those in heaven and of those on earth. And of those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Understand this. One day there will be a day of judgment. The great white throne judgment as the Bible declares. And at that day of judgment every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But only those who make the confession and change of heart here on earth will move into eternity with the Lord. Only those who bow their knees to Him now and confess that He is Lord now will receive eternal life in heaven. Those who don't bow or don't confess until Judgment Day when they have no choice, will not enter in the Promised Land. That's what the Bible teaches. So we have work to do. There's a lot of people who refuse to bow, who refuse to confess, who refuse to admit that they're wrong, who refuse that the answer comes to them. That's why Jesus wept over Jerusalem. He wasn't motivated by anger. It was a breaking of his heart because he wants to bring all his children into eternity. There are people living in sin. There are people living in ignorance. There are people living in reckless abandon who need to hear the message of truth. They need to be reconciled to the cross where there is grace. They need Jesus. He is the what and the who that we need to be talking about, period. Matthew 6.10 Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Remember, this is how Jesus taught us to pray. That His kingdom would come and that His will would be done in the earth. In saying this, the way that these two things happen, for His kingdom to come and for His will to be done, it's for us to share the truth. We can't be quiet. For us to share the truth and to keep our focus and the emphasis on the answer, not on the problem. If we truly desire His will to be done, then each of us must do our part. Negativity and anger do not produce His will in the earth. It's in the Bible. James chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. When people sin, should it get you? Yeah, it it, it should bring a conviction to speak truth, but not to bring condemnation as the answer. Jesus is our answer. We are going to face injustice. Many of you probably already have. We are going to face resistance. That's a given. We're going to see sinful practices and ungodly beliefs in others. But it is our Christ-like responses and reactions that will hasten God's kingdom to come and His will be done. Let us courageously lead with truth never forgetting that our goal for everyone is repentance leading to redemption. Of course, not everyone will turn to Jesus. But it shouldn't sour our attempts to believe that there is still hope that more will come to Jesus. Even those who are blinded in darkness right now. Let us all keep Jesus as the main thing in all we say and do. Let us remember that it's not about sharing our opinion, but sharing Jesus with others. If He is the way and the truth and the life, why would we share anything else? How can you insert Jesus into the into the conversations? We just had a dodgeball tournament. I competed in a dodgeball tournament for my district a couple of days ago. And we had to pick a number to put on my back, and I put the number three. And I walked into my principal's office and said, hey, my assistant principal said, hey, you're going to do good tonight. You have the lucky number on it. I said, why? She said, that's my son's number. I said, no, I picked it because it's God's number. God the Father, God, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that's why, that's why I picked it. And I walked away. I wasn't trying to witness. I'm just. I'm going to insert God in the equation, however it's going to be. I don't have to be proud or nothing, but I'm going to insert God in the equation. In the conversations that you have with others, how can you share the answer more than the problem or the issue? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, and your will be done through each one of us in all of our spoken words with others. Heavenly Father, we thank You for the power of Your Word. We thank You, Lord, that Your Word has the power to convict us, that we are not there yet, we have not arrived yet, and where we have pushed too much on our own, where we have had the wrong focus or the wrong what? Forgive us, God. Help us to keep our focus on You up above. Help us to continue to bring things to You. Help us to pass it off to you, to share truth with grace and love. Help us to believe that when there is repentance, there is redemption. Let us not give up on anyone. Lord God, we give you the glory and we give you the thanks and praise as you continue to work in our hearts that we would, by our actions and our words, do things that your will would be done in the earth. In your precious name I pray. Amen.